What is up, football fans? My name is Watson, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Extra Point. Um, I'm here with my friend Cody. We are starting this podcast together. Uh, it's going to be both a video and an audio podcast, so you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anywhere where you get your video or audio podcasts. And we're going to be talking all things NFL. So whether it is betting, uh, it might be the previous week's results, future week predictions, uh, or special segments that we put in any given week. We hope that you enjoy it, and we hope that eventually we can get to the point uh, where we take your questions. But given at the current moment we have zero subscribers, we're going to work on that. Yeah. Um, so to start off, just a little bit of background about ourselves. Uh, we're both university students. Uh, my favorite team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unfortunately. Uh, it has been a wild ride with famous Jameis over the last few years. Um, but we're trying to tough it out. And with Coach Bruce Arians in the fold, uh, I'm hoping that things turn around sooner rather than later. Cody? Uh, I'm also hoping for a turnaround. Uh, I'm a Bears fan. Um, so we're known for not being able to kick and not having an offense. We do have a good defense, but when they're always on the field, kind of can't do much. Um, so, yeah, being a Bears fan is – little tough right now. Uh, several straight losses, but what can you do? Well, you know, we're also going to be here to talk about the other teams in the NFL, which yeah. hopefully <laughs> we might spend more time on. Uh, but we're going to start this uh, this podcast off by talking about the previous week's results. And uh, Cody, them Bears. Well, yeah, sorry to burst your bubble, but I'm not talking about a different team. I'm going to talk about my, my team yep. that, uh, just looking at here, had nine total yards one of which was passing in the entire first half. That is terrible. That That is absolutely like unacceptable that. from an NFL team, regardless of how good the other team's defense is. When you don't get enough total yards in the entire first half to get a first down, get off the field. Like, as a Bears fan, I have tried to support Mitch Trubisky. I have tried to support Matt Nagy. Last year was looking great, but... Mitch can't look past his primary read. We do just runs up the one gap constantly. Matt Nagy's play calling has been stale. And in Chicago right now, it's nothing but finger pointing. And I think what kind of just adds to it, I'm sorry to just pile it on here. I'm a Bears fan. I've I've taken it forever. It was Philadelphia's defense. Like, yes, their run defense is pretty good. I mean, Fletcher Cox is old. They can still hold down the middle. Uh, They got a couple of good edge rushers. But they have literally nobody in their secondary besides Malcolm Jenkins. Like, just don't aim at Malcolm Jenkins. Maddox is pretty good, too. Maddox is okay. But, you know, if you're the Bears, you have some speed, you got three Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, I'm sure at some point, while Mitch was looking at his primary read over here, you have Taylor Gabriel just, like, circling around wide open over there and, you know, waving his arms, doing jumping jacks or something. Yeah, but you brought up Tariq Cohen, and Matt Nagy used him as that gadget player last year, and this year there's nothing. He's on punt returns, and he always tries to return when he should just call a fair catch and ends up losing yards. Running, it's always a screen to him where he barely manages to get positive yardage. And it's just it, – it's very frustrating when we have the team that we had last year, and you should really only get better. Hmm. Um, but as I've told many people, the only person I've seen not regress is Allen Robinson. Everybody else on the team has regressed. No one has gotten better from last season to now. And something else about um, playing against Philadelphia, it was 
apparent that Akeem Hicks is a bigger part of that defense than most people thought. Mm. Everyone looks at Khalil Mack, and everybody looks at Eddie Jackson in, in our secondary. But without Akeem Hicks in the middle of that pass rush, our runs up the one gap don't work. Other teams' runs up the one gap kill us every time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, interior linemen often get overlooked because, you know, as a defender, you always love – or sorry, as a fan of defense and defenders, your favorite players are the edge rushers. Your favorite players yeah. are, you know, the cornerbacks and those less flashy positions like the middle linebacker. You know, I think Luke Keekley should get way more credit than Absolutely. he gets. And even the interior tackles, like you said, Akeem Hicks, even flip it over, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, he's on the uh, grandfatherly side <laughs> now, but when he was younger, he can still play football. He can still play football. And um, I think, yeah, they don't get credit enough credit. It's funny you bring up the Bears and how everybody's regressed. I kind of find the Bears very similar to a team uh, on the other conference, the Cleveland Browns, um, because I feel both of those I teams, can see that. yeah, both of those teams came into this season highly tooted. Like everybody was talking about Cleveland, Chicago. They're on the rise. Look for a Super Bowl matchup, and nothing's really gone right. That's actually um, a good segue into my next takeaway from this past week was the Browns. They aren't as good as everybody thinks they should be. Um, When in the, I believe it was the second quarter alone. Yeah, the second quarter, they had four field goals. Finish a drive and you'll beat the Broncos. Like you're before the season, you were a Super Bowl contender and you can't even beat the Broncos Mm -hmm. with a backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like I I have Odell in fantasy. (laughs) I'm hating watching the Browns. Yeah. I keep betting on the Browns. And I just, I'm avoiding them at all costs now. Um, I'm playing Odell only because I don't have anybody else. Um, but just finish a drive. Like, I feel like once they get into the opposition's uh, half of the field, Baker just, it, his mindset completely changes. And he doesn't make those for sure passes. It's always those risky jump balls because you've got Odell and Jarvis Landry catching so you want those acrobatic plays but i just i I think they're not needed get move the sticks get into the end zone i kind of think he's a little bit of Jameis winston's syndrome you know Mm. uh, bruce said a couple of weeks ago about Jameis that he tries to do too much and you see baker step up in the pocket sometimes and he looks down the field and there is a check down running back just chilling about five yards away from him but baker goes hmm I see Jarvis Landry sandwiched between two defenders on the sideline. Wouldn't it be really cool if I could get the ball 15 yards downfield? Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that little bit of a celebrity mm-hmm. mindset plays in his head because he was considered such a, you know, big factor in the renaissance of the Browns last year. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about this game, I actually wanted to talk about the Broncos for a second because I watched a bit of the game and then I watched back and looked at the highlights. The Broncos may not be as bad of a team as we originally thought. And the only reason I'm going to say this is when you put a quarterback back there that is not a plank of wood vertically (laughs) stuck in the ground, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden plays are starting to be made. And playmakers like first-rounder Noah Fant, who I've been high on for weeks now, turn into 100-yard receivers when they're given time to get open. I saw Brandon Allen. They used a ton of play action in that game to Philip Lindsay to Royce Freeman. I love those two guys. A little bit of speed, a little bit yeah. of boom. Yeah. And then Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. When you guys, these Cortland guys, Sutton is a good receiver. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, 
talented athletic. Mm-hmm. Like for, for me, the Broncos, I'm, I'm not sold on them quite yet. No. They, 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 ha- they have shown signs of promise. Um, uh, as a Bears fan, their head coach, Vic Fangio, mm. he was in charge of our defense last year. And that's why we were, I believe, the top defense in the league uh, in at least some categories. Yeah. Um, so you know their defense, especially with Von Miller, is set Oh yeah. Um, yeah. with that head coach. And like you're pointing out, their offense is, is starting to show those signs of promise. So when you have – like look at George Kittle in uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. No one knew who he was, and now everybody knows who he was. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like you're going to see a very similar story with Noah Fant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, – yeah, like you said, I don't think we should run into the oh they're gonna take the second wild card kind of thing. But all I'm saying is, yeah, it's the three and six. Yeah, but it's funny when you take a different quarterback and you put him back there. All I'm saying is the Broncos might not be far as far away from competing as we thought they are. I think if you take the shell of that team right now, you have a great draft. You yeah. could see a 500 team next year. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And uh, the other game that I kind of wanted to talk about, speaking uh, um, of, um, you know, 500 teams and then flipping it around to teams who have been on a hot streak and then absolutely just fading away. What on earth happened to Green Bay? What on earth happened there? Because I tuned in and I think it was 9 or 12 nothing at that point for... The Chargers, and don't get me wrong, the nine of the twelve wasn't bothering me. It was the zero on the other side of the board that was bothering me. As a Bears fan, I, I can watch <laughs> that game every day, every day. Yeah, it was. Um, it was one of those situations where I almost feel like Aaron Rodgers was trying to do, you know, be a little bit too much of a superhero again, but he was dropping like six steps back in the pocket. And when you're facing a pass rush of Joey Bosa and um, oh, Melvin Ingram, that's the other guy, right? Uh, coming around the edges, you can't afford to take six steps back because if they're rushing around the sides, it almost yeah. looks like a pincer movement. They are going to be at the six step back mark. You flip yeah. the script, you watch Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers takes two steps, yeah. dump off, two steps, dump off. Sure, it leads to field goals, but a 12 to 0 game, do you have the 12 or do you have the 0? Like, well, and, and that's like, as a Bears fan, I've watched a number of Packers games with Aaron Rodgers. And he always has forever to throw. So when you have the pass rush that the Chargers do, it puts Rodgers in an unfamiliar environment. And like you're you're losing 12-0. That's LA getting a field goal. So your defense is doing their job. They're bending, but they're not breaking. Mm-hmm. You yeah. need to do your job. And if Aaron Rodgers is as clutch and as talented as everybody thinks he is and says he is, you shouldn't throw up a goose egg. No, yeah. against the Chargers. Like the Chargers do have talent, but they've been kind of sloppy, and in games they should have won, they don't. Yeah. So it it doesn't surprise me that the Chargers actually showed up at a game, but it surprises me that Green Bay's offense didn't. When you have Aaron Rodgers, who he he is talented. Um, you have Aaron Jones. Um, their their receiving core is a little all over the place right now because yeah. it's a bunch of no name guys that you're learning their names. But their their offense is in some games coming together, but as you see in the Chargers game, they're not fully there yet. Next year, I, I believe Green Bay's offense with their team chemistry 
It's going to be scary as a Bears fan. Yeah. Both those divisions, though, of the teams that played are about to get interesting because they're going trending in opposite directions right now. Mm-hmm. You look at your division, right? So the Chicago division, the NFC North, um, Green Bay, sure, they're kind of – I think they're 7-2 and two now or something like seven that. 7-2. and two. Um, The Vikings were 6-2. and two. So 6-3. and 6-3 and three now. Um, the Bears. Yeah. Um, and then there's the Lions. Yeah, who are 3-4-1. and one. And honestly, it's funny. The Lions remind me so much of Green Bay about three or four years ago. And the reason that I say that is they've got a gunslinger of a quarterback. They have a couple of real tall, very fast receivers. And absolutely zero running game whatsoever. And I'm going back to the time when the Packers had like... Jordy Nelson on one side yeah, and, Cobb on the other. and Randall Cobb on the other. Or even yeah. if you push that back even further, you get to the Greg Jennings, Donald Driver days. Yeah. Right. And now you look at Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And I draw similarities with that. But then every time, like the reason I think the Lions keep not closing games out is no one wants to stack the box. They know they're not going to hand it off. Yeah. You know, we carry on Johnson gone. They had a backfield committee two weeks ago mm-hmm. of four running backs. Yeah, I, I feel like once Detroit's backfield can stay healthy, they are going to be scary. And uh, not to be selfish and keep relating it back to me, but when you have the powerful Packers, the powerful Vikings, and the soon-to-be scary Lions, Bears are in trouble. I think, again, <laughs> with your team, though, we just talked about the Broncos and the switch at quarterback of what it did them. And I don't mean – I know you also are not a huge fan of Mitch – if you take Mitch out of the equation, you draft somebody else, you make a trade for, I don't know, it's probably not going to happen because Teddy Bridgewater loves New Orleans and he's staying there. But should it turn into a Teddy Bridge situation, you get anybody else behind that offensive line, I would be curious to see how they do. Uh, I, I think we are, it's hard to say guaranteed in the NFL, but I think we'd be a guaranteed playoff team. Yeah. But when you have the defense that we do and they're not always on the field, and you have someone who can take command of the offense and actually call an audible and look past the primary read, we would do well. People think that Chicago does like does not have any receivers. Allen Robinson, everyone knows who he is. Taylor Gabriel can catch a football. Anthony Miller can catch a football. If we use Tariq Cohen properly, he was leading our team in receiving last year. Yeah. Like you have David Montgomery. He takes over the role that Jordan Howard had as a bell cow running back. Let him slam it up the offensive line. Yeah. Tariq Cohen should be of those gadget plays, runs to the outside. You throw a couple wildcat formations in there like we saw last year. Why we not have not that? seen like very many trick plays. I, I think I can only recall one this year. Yeah. Like the, like I said, our offense is just it's it's very stale. It's funny you talk about trick plays because this is not necessarily a trick play, but when Sean McVay brought in the jet sweep offense into St. Louis with that receiver running around the back, mm-hmm. I was just taking a look this morning, running through a whole bunch of highlights of games. <laughs> I think in every single game I saw, every team ran either a jet sweep or a fake jet sweep yep. once or twice in the game. And it's just the amount of movement that you're starting to see on the offense. Obviously, you can only move one player prior to the snap. Yeah. Um, but that ability not only to move them across, not necessarily on a handoff that makes the biggest difference, but it's the ability of that receiver to move a defender, mm-hmm. identify the man or the zone D, and then have them already accelerating yeah. as they move across the formation. It's creating a lot of very interesting situations. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm just curious if that's the kind of thing that McVeigh brings. Um mm-hmm. 
what other, you know, kind of gadgety ideas are going to come up. And speaking of gadgety, I think Lamar Jackson is a cheat code. I don't think he should be allowed to play anymore because that man has a three-person backfield in a double tight end formation and somehow gets first downs every time. Like, I don't understand. He's a freak athlete. And and you saw just how good he was against the Patriots. Um, Like, I... Michael, uh, sorry, not Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson is the modern day Michael Vick. Yeah, um, and and I love it. I, I love to see quarterbacks run the ball. Uh, you, you see it all the time in college. You almost never see it in the NFL. No, yeah. I mean, you're starting to see a little bit more of it with guys like Lamar, with guys like Kyler Murray yeah. coming up. Um, but the thing that bugs me about Lamar Jackson is just his sheer escapability. Like yeah. he could be dead to rights in the back of the pocket. Mm-hmm. and somehow find a way out. And to be honest with you, if an injury happens to him mm-hmm. at any point in the next few weeks, yep. that entire Ravens offense is doomed. Yeah. Because there are so many times when the play breaks down and they don't execute properly mm-hmm. and he bails them out. Yeah. And and not even close to Lamar Jackson. But we saw it a couple of years ago with the Raiders when they made the playoffs. Mm. Derek Carr got mm. hurt just before the playoffs. Yeah. And then they, they got smoked. Yeah. Like with, without that quarterback running your offense that you've been used to and now depend on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about the last week. Maybe we can shuffle forward um, and chit chat about things that we like in the upcoming week. Uh, And this might be a good segment to start talking about sports betting too. Uh, We're both casual degenerates in the way that we have a few dollars in our bet three, six, five account. We like to throw around. Um, Please be advised that all takes on this podcast are not meant to um, be assured things. Um, we do are your own research. Do your own research, yeah. So, Cody, what kind of game intrigues you from an, a playing standpoint or from a betting standpoint? Um, so, so from both a playing and a betting standpoint, um, I know I've been stuck on the same couple teams, but I'm, I'm back to the Cleveland Browns. Um, they're 2-6. and six. They're against the 6-2 and two Buffalo Bills. The Bills are unfavored. Wow. So wow. with the sloppy offense that the Browns have and the surprisingly good defense that the Bills have had this year, to me it seems dumb not to bet on the Bills. Um, like Josh Allen is not as bad as everybody thinks he is. Devin Singletary can actually run the football. Fantasy blessings. <laughs> and Cleveland kicks field goals. That they do. You're not going to win games kicking field goals. And all these field goals are 30 yards. 30 or 20 yarders, which means you're, you're getting right close, but you just you can't finish. Yeah, and I mean, last year the Bills had a pretty decent defense, but they just couldn't move the football on offense. And it was interesting this year. I saw in the preseason they brought something like 10. And again, I, this is not a for sure fact. They brought somewhere around 10 new offensive linemen in the training <laughs> camp and just basically had a free-for-all because their offensive line was just so atrocious. Um and on you know playmaking side of the ball, they did draft Devin Singletary. He's a very exciting player. Very. They brought in the veteran Frank Gore, and they have guys. Love that man. Oh, the tank. Such a <laughs> Frank tank. tank. Um, and they got like John Brown and Cole Beasley just getting open. I think if you add playmakers around Josh Allen with the mobility that he does have, you can at least score a few points. And I think you're right against the Browns. That might be all you need. <laughs> right, right now it seems like it. Um, and I'm not sure how much he's going to get the ball, if he gets the ball even at all. But something to keep in mind about this game is Kareem Hunt is back. Ooh. 
I, I picked Ooh. him up in fantasy about six weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and just let him sit on my bench because if he blows up, then I benefit. And if not, well, I'll just drop him. But when you have Nick Chubb, who's doing what Nick Chubb is currently doing, it's kind of hard to give Kareem Hunt the ball because you want to keep it de- dependable because that's the only – sorry to say, but it's the only offense that the Cleveland Browns have consistently had. So are you saying – don't start Kareem Hunt in fantasy this week. Absolutely not. Okay. Do do not start Kareem Hunt in fantasy. Yeah. You, you you need to see what he's doing first, and you need to see what Freddie Kitchens lets him do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think this could be a wild game. Another game that I'm kind of interested in. Uh, we're gonna travel all the way to the NFC West here for a showdown between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. And the reason why I'm extremely interested in this game is because the Seahawks are an anomaly. They are 7-2, and two, yes. and they're a team that should, by all rights, not be 7-2. and two Because they have an MVP candidate by the name of Russell Wilson, yeah. and pretty much that's it. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with that one. Okay. I, I am on the Seahawks bandwagon right now. Okay. Russell Wilson, if Christian McCaffrey does not win MVP, Russell Wilson should. Yeah. Hands down, in my opinion. When you have DK Metcalf, mm. Tyler Lockett, and they just picked up Josh Gordon, who is sure. like another DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson can give them the ball. You saw in their last game, Russell Wilson's throwing those intentional balls on the back shoulder so they can box that DB out to catch the football. And what you do have a decent running back in Chris Carson. So for me, the, the biggest weakness in Seattle is their defense. Mm. Like, yes, you do have the front seven that they do, but ever since the Legion of Boom broke up, their secondary has been kind of shaky, and no offense, but when you allow 34 points from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it, it, <laughs> it's kind of hard once you go when you go up against a better team than Tampa Bay because then how is your defense going to fare against them? Like, sure, Russell Wilson can throw five touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's thrown one pick all season, but if your defense can't stand up to the other team – you're not going to win football games. So I, I am all on Seattle. I, I do think it's going to be a close game, and I hope that Seattle wins. But it, for me, it's it's not a question of, is R- Russell Wilson and their offense going to show up? It's their defense. Yeah, the only thing I will say to that is, <laughs> I honestly, I'm not a fan, and I, I know what you're saying about like the outside receivers, Chris Carson, whatever. I, just to me, when you take Wilson away from that offense, they become so annoyingly average. It's ridiculous. Like Chris Carson yeah, has had fumbling issues in the past. I agree. Right? These receivers are great downfield threats. Absolutely. But if you don't have the escapability of Russ in the pocket to give them time to get downfield, that whole offense is doomed. And you saw it a couple of years ago with Green Bay. Um, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, when Aaron Rodgers was the only good player on that team, and he carried them oh so close to the playoffs, and they didn't quite make it. I think Seattle is a good enough record. They'll probably snag a wild card. But I don't know how deep they're going to go. Yeah. Because eventually the magic runs out. You're right. And like I said, I'm on that bandwagon, so I kind of don't want to believe that right (laughs) now. But, um, yeah, like Russell Wilson is their offense. He makes their receivers better. Um, as much as I hate to say it, you, you see it in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like before the season, who is Lazard? <laughs> Aaron Mo- Facts. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers gave him his name. Yeah, uh, and uh, he christened him and yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you see in prior seasons, Aaron Rodgers 
is complaining about these rookie quarterbacks because they are sorry wide receivers because they don't know like what to do or they don't have that chemistry with him yet and he gets frustrated but Aaron Rodgers makes them better and you see the same thing with Russell Wilson he gives the receivers the ball where only they can catch it so it makes the receiver look really good but all that credits for Russell Wilson yeah for sure what else? What else do you kind of you're looking at this week? So my next game is the Battle of New York. Okay. Um, the Jets, or sorry, the Giants are of course favored, but the spread's only at two and a half points. <laughs> I I I'm taking the spread. Um, I don't see why the Giants don't absolutely pummel the Jets. Like how? No offense to all the Miami fans out there. But how do you lose to yeah. Miami? <laughs> you lose to Miami, and you're against um, Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones did look good this past yeah. week. Yeah. Except he just needs to be able to hang on to the football. Yeah. Like, there are those plays where you see the rookie quarterback coming out in him. But I, I think give him a couple years, Dan- Daniel Jones will be a solid quarterback. He might not be you know, top five in the league, but he will be that dependable quarterback that you don't have to question whether he's starting or not. So kind of like almost like a Nick Foles. Kind of, except Nick Foles is quite clutch in the playoffs. Okay, so a non The, the Giants playoff. have to make the playoffs first in order to see if Daniel Jones passes that test. Yeah. But um, for me, when you have, like, I put the checkboxes beside each other. Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? I'm taking Daniel, Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley, Lev Bell. I'm taking Barkley. And Lev Bell might not even play. So Yeah, yeah so... If the spread's only at two and a half points right now, that line might move. Yeah. But as it stands right now, I think the Giants pummel the Jets by at least double-digit points. For me, the reason why I just look at this game and I laugh is because the Giants, yes, they don't have a lot of talent. Yes, they got a rookie quarterback back there in the pocket, but you know that they're going to play a decent level-headed game for the most part. The reason why the Jets lost to Miami is because they did – some absolutely <laughs> ridiculous things. Just atrocious decision-making yeah. by Sam Darnold in the pocket or by defenders just leaving people open downfield. Yeah. And to me, it doesn't matter how bad your team is. It's in this kind of game where they're both kind of bottom feeder teams. Mm-hmm. It's more who is going to be the one to do something stupid enough. Exactly. And, and uh, looking at this here, their, their defensive stats – um, in terms of rushing yards allowed per game, the Jets are sixth. Otherwise, they're both in like from anywhere from like twenty fifth to like top twenty. So between twenty five and twenty mm. in the league, um, bottom half of the league. Um, so their defenses are kind of similar. It's their offense. Mm. The Jets yards per game last, passing yards last, rushing yards third last, points per game second last, third down percentage last. Wow. I don't even have to read the Giants, and you know they're better. Now, the only thing I will say about those stats is they are slightly skewed by the fact that Darnold was out True. for so many games, and True. they had to go with <clears throat> a Luke full of <laughs> Exactly. Right? But um, I, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I just I, I do think the Jets are better than the stats tell, but I agree with you that the matchup just doesn't seem to favor them in any way. Yeah, so I, I think when the, the line's only at two and a half, you got to take it. Yeah. All right. I got a line that I want to talk about this week. And that is the Rams Steelers line of minus three and a half for the Rams. Okay. 
And the reason why I'm going to say this is this is my gambling bet for those who are not faint of heart. The Rams have come under a lot of flack this season. They have. Because Jerry Goff has looked like... Um, Mediocre. Like discount Alex Smith. I don't know. <laughs> okay? Like, yeah. he hasn't looked great. Um, that offense is kind of all over the place. They've lost ridiculous games like the shootout to Tampa. Okay? Like, no offense. But, like, guys, come on. <laughs> and then you've got the Steelers, who are somehow 4-4. Four and four. I, I don't understand that. Yeah. Because their defense has actually played really good. Like, Minka Fitzpatrick has just been flying all around the field. Good, good pickup for them. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the Rams to get so fed up with everything. And this this is not a call based on stats. This is not a call based on logic. It's a call based on gut instinct yeah. that at some point that locker room is just going to lose their mind and just annihilate somebody. Yeah. And I worried about the poor Steelers here. <laughs> like Mason Rudolph is not a top-tier quarterback by any means. Yeah. So they're going to have to rely on their defense to win this game. Yeah. If the Rams' offense decides it is sick and tired of everybody's nonsense and just starts, like, slinging it, Todd Gurley starts hurling people, it could get messy really quickly. Oh, for sure. So if you want to place a little tiny bit of money somewhere, you might want to go minus 3.5 on the Rams. Right now it's only minus 105. So it's looking like a pretty good odds. And, and James Conner, I believe, is coming off an injury. Yeah. Which only helps the Rams. So, yeah. Thanks, uh, everybody, for tuning into this week. We tried to keep it fairly simple and straightforward. Just doing uh, a little bit of recap and a little bit of forecast. I uh, hope you liked it. Uh, we can get a little slap happy up here sometimes. A little bit. But uh, we hope that you appreciate that. Our goal is to turn this into a weekly podcast. Um both video and audio podcast that we put out and hopefully adding a few more features and sessions in the future. So uh, if you could do us a huge favor and like and subscribe uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, it really helps us. Uh, and if you're listening to this on audio, if you could go check us out at the the Extra Point on YouTube and giving us a like and subscription. Uh, we're just starting out, so we appreciate all the support we can get. Yep. And follow us on Facebook. We have a The Extra Point page. And don't forget to follow um, our entire Hot Takes Network on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and Twitter. And, and Twitter. Um, we plan to put out more and more content, and we hope that this stays to be a weekly podcast that you guys will enjoy. Yeah. Uh, HotTakesNetwork.com uh, is your is your home for all of your amateur sports takes um, and fun blog articles and other podcasts. So um, as from me and from Cody and from the entire Hot Takes Network. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao.